Welcome to Aardvark Avarice. I am your host, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Camel Towing Company, who recognize how embarrassing it is to be broke down and out there for all to see. Camel Towing will help you get out of a tight spot, no matter how wedged in you are. To those listeners out there, I think it's important to say that this is not a conspiracy. On that note, kiddos, when you're out trick-or-treating this Halloween, don't forget to let your parents check your candy for razor blades and needles. Be safe. Let your parents test all your candy firsthand, especially peanut butter cups. Thank you for joining us for part two of Aardvark Avarice's Halloween presentation of The Werewolf and the Sociopath. Let's not dawdle and jump right back into it, because I know you're all anxious to find something to do other than what you should be doing. That's what makes this nation so great. Cheers. The Werewolf and the Sociopath Part 2 Stabbed a person? In the right shoulder. They were fine. Oh, well, that's good, the werewolf attempted. I guess. I was aiming for their neck. Ha! Huh. I'm sure they deserved it. Irrelevant. The barista's face suddenly changed. It contorted into an expression of grief and fear. Tears appeared in the corner of her eyes. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, she suddenly wailed. I, I just blacked out, and when I came out of it, there was so much blood. I'm so sorry. She finished in a screeching voice of sorrow. Just as quickly as the emotions came on, they left. Her face was impassive as ever. After dabbing her eyes with a napkin, the barista looked and acted as before. I mask very well, she said. Most of it I learned from Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. You put on the right performance and juries are like putty, as are school boards. It's exhausting, however. I do it sparingly. Uh, I really don't know what to say. Lucky for the werewolf, his cell phone rang. He pulled it out of his pocket and looked at the screen. Oh, it's my fiancé, he bellowed, but didn't do anything right away. After staring at the screen through several rings, he decided, I'm just going to let it go to voicemail. The werewolf placed the cell phone face down on the table and gave it a little nudge away from him. So, um... How'd you come to work at Starbucks? I applied, the barista said. Right. The phone dinged with a message. Oh, well, I guess I should check that, the werewolf said in a voice that couldn't convince a toddler. Picking up the phone, he looked to see if he really had a message, and then tapped the screen. He put it to his ear. Ah! he shouted, taking it away immediately. I can't believe you stood me up at the altar, shrieked a female voice from the phone. Oh, it's stuck on speaker, the werewolf said, hitting it furiously, trying to turn it off. I hope you are dead and rotting in a ditch, because if you're alive, I will skin you from neck to sternum, the woman continued. She's very colorful, he said, still unable to end the message. And forget about the wedding gifts, they're mine. Do you hear me? All mine. The cottage from my father? Mine. 
The Maserati for my uncle? Mine! You can keep the videos we made in Tijuana. They can remind you of what you lost while you whack off. But don't you dare think about posting them on the internet, or I will. The werewolf crushed the phone in his fist. Whoops. <laughs> I guess I don't know my own strength. Oh well. He sighed. It's probably for the best. We haven't even tied the knot and we've been in couples counseling twice already. She was always trying to change me. Bought me gym clothes that crushed my junk. Made me hang out with friends who listen to Coldplay, drink Paps Blue Ribbon, and watch British soccer. She tried to turn me into a vegetarian. Luckily, I hid a few steaks in the back of the freezer, or else I would have starved these last couple of days. So you crave meat? The barista asked. Always have. But if you're wondering if I crave it more now that I'm a werewolf, I'd have to say yes. And I like them rare. Really rare. I also enjoy meat, but I would prefer to hunt my own. My therapist, however, advises against it, as she thinks hunting animals would be a gateway drug. Oh, um, bummer. Now that you are a werewolf, do you crave human flesh? No, the werewolf said aghast. That still seems very disgusting to me. He cocked his head while looking at the barista. Do you crave human flesh? Before the barista could answer, a small contingent of weekend warriors charged into the Starbucks, each carrying a small arsenal of weaponry. They wore an array of Carhartt camouflage, trucker hats, aviator glasses, steel-toe boots, buzz cuts and mullets, mustaches and mutton chops, and stars and stripes finery. Scurrying around the Starbucks, the gunman took up tactical positions learned from Saturday afternoons at American Canyon Paintball Jungle. Weapons included pistols, shotguns, a couple of bump stocks, a semi-legal sniper rifle, and an AR-15. They also carried reams of ammunition and blade weapons of all sizes and variations, including one guy who wore a samurai sword sheathed to the hip. There were four men and one woman altogether, but the woman could easily be mistaken for a man due to the mustache. No judgments. The apparent leader of the group stomped right up to the werewolf and barista in his Gore-Tex combat boots with plantar fasciitis insoles, wielding a dirty hairy 57 Magnum in the werewolf's direction. He wore gold-rimmed aviator sunglasses, a John Deere trucker hat, a black ammunition vest over a khaki shirt, and camouflage cargo pants. He had a pocked face covered by a goatee not trendy since the 90s. It was fashioned after Steven Seagal's goatee, the man's personal hero. You could also see a name tag on his shirt. It said, Buck, Sales Specialist. All right, you foul, vile beast, Buck barked while chewing gum. You're going to vacate the premises or we'll be forced to take lethal action. Realizing the gum made him slur when he talked, he spit it out on the floor. Who walks around with all those guns? The werewolf asked. The Contra Gun, Knife, and Katana show is down the street. Shut up! Buck yelled, waving his pistol at the werewolf. As American citizens and God-fearing men and women, it is our right and duty to protect this great land from all that is evil. Now you will go back to the hellhole you crawl from, or we will put you in a new one. A grave. I meant we will put you in a grave.
Oh, I got it, the werewolf replied. Look, up until four days ago, I was just a regular guy. I live in an apartment. It's not fancy, but it's definitely not a hellhole. Shut up, Fleabag! We will not listen to your unholy lies! Now I'm giving you one last warning. Leave this fine American establishment or reap the whirlwind. Reap the whirlwind? The werewolf repeated. This is getting out of control. California is a stand-your-ground state, the barista said. What does that mean? I am not the best at reading people's faces, but my guess is he knows, she said, pointing to Buck, who seemed to be sweating profusely all of a sudden. It means you can use deadly force if you reasonably believe it is necessary to stop a danger of death or serious injury. There is no mandate that you have to retreat from the fight, even if it is clear you would escape. Buck sized up the werewolf from head to foot, his face thoughtful as he took in the hulking supernatural presence. He then turned to the barista, pointing his glock at her. You shut up, he bawled, shaking his gun at her. The werewolf swiped up with his claw, grabbing the man by the wrist, only instead of pushing the gun away from the barista, he pulled the arm clean off Buck's body. Both would-be attacker and werewolf looked at the severed limb with equal astonishment. Oh my god! cried Buck. Oh my god! My arm! I'm, I'm sorry, the werewolf said. I, I didn't mean it. The werewolf turned to the barista. Really, I didn't mean it, he said again. Irrelevant, she replied. You are well within your right of lethal force, accidental or not. My arm! The man sobbed again, clutching at the shoulder stump with his good hand. The werewolf looked at Buck and held the arm out to him, with the gun still clenched in the fist. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe a doctor can sew it back on. Buck backpedaled away from the severed arm. The werewolf gingerly laid the arm on a nearby table. I really didn't mean to do that, he pleaded. I just didn't realize my strength. Yes, it takes quite a bit of force to tear an arm from the body, the barista said and took a sip of coffee. Buck, Buck, what do we do? said one of the man's buddies running forward. Do we call an ambulance? Yeah, screeched Buck. And then kill that dill hole. The gunman carrying the AR-15 decided to skip step one and strode forward. A rat-a-tat echoed in the Starbucks as he pulled the trigger. Stepping in front of the barista, the werewolf shielded her from the barrage of bullets. Each one thunked into his massive body and shredded the tuxedo even more. The gunman emptied his clip, and yet the werewolf stood there, apparently unaffected. He looked over his shoulder. I barely felt a thing, he said to the barista with a wolfish grin. Interesting. I wonder if the bullets have to be silver. Now what do I do? As I said, you have every right to protect yourself and those around you. I, I, can't, I, I can't guarantee I can control myself. Irrelevant. The werewolf turned back to the gunman, his claws brandished. A true werewolf growl rumbled in his chest. His eyes took on a red glow as he advanced. Kill it, shouted one of the men, despite the overwhelming evidence that their guns were little better than water pistols. 
Everything was drowned out by the blare of multiple guns being fired as the werewolf leapt through the air. The ensuing confrontation lasted less than a minute. Further limbs were severed, as well as two heads and one heart ripped from the chest. Half a torso was thrown through the front window. The sound of the gunman's screams, combined with bestial snarls, caused at least four witnesses outside the Starbucks to wet themselves. At some point, the espresso machine was bumped and whistled hot air, adding to the calamity before it was completely obliterated by bullets and claws. The Rorschach display of blood splatter around the Starbucks would give fits for the forensic specialist for days. An insurance specialist would take one look at the completely trashed furniture, apparatus, light fixtures, advertising displays, and napkin dispensers, and he would check all the boxes on his clipboard. It was a blood-soaked massacre, and it was completely one-sided. When the chaos ended, the werewolf stood amid the carnage, victorious. Blood dripped from his fangs and claws. His tuxedo jacket and shirt were gone, destroyed in the fray. With just his pants remaining, torn up to the thighs, he looked the full part of a stereotypical werewolf. Taking a moment to gather his wits, the werewolf panted deeply. He flicked an ear off his shoulder and kicked intestines off his feet. That felt good, the werewolf roared. Yes, replied the barista, who had not missed one second of the slaughter. Do you think that is a werewolf reaction or a repressed human desire? The werewolf shrugged. How are you? Are you okay? I am unharmed, she said, but there was a gleam in her eye not there before. Good, good, and, and, and this doesn't disturb you, the werewolf said, waving an arm at the carnage. I am incapable of understanding disturbed. To me it is all just messy, and I can say I'm not the one who will be cleaning it up. The werewolf laughed. That's funny, he said. Was it? A voice sounded from outside the Starbucks, amplified by a bullhorn. This is Sergeant Houlihan of the San Francisco Police Department. To those in the building, surrender and come out with your hands on your head or we will be forced to come in. They looked out the window at a barricade of police cars and officers pointing guns at the Starbucks. You should do what they say, the barista said. It's procedure. They are following the rules. If they are intending to arrest you, make sure they inform you of your rights. I would suggest asking for a lawyer right away. You're going to be a good one, the werewolf said. A lawyer. Thank you. Okay, I'm coming out, the werewolf yelled to the police, putting his bloody paws on top of his head. I'm unarmed. Don't shoot. He took a step, but then stopped. Do you think after all this is over that uh, maybe we could go out to dinner sometime? You know, on a date? The barista took a moment to respond. It's possible I could enjoy that. Even though I'm a werewolf? Irrelevant, she replied, and then added, but I won't dress up like Wednesday Adams. Um, okay. See you when I get out. The werewolf turned and took a breath. Okay, here I come. Foregoing the front door, he stepped through the window shattered by the torso. The barista packed up the refuse of her lunch, threw it in a trash can, and headed for the employees-only door. She stopped when she heard a groan from a body on the floor. It was Buck. 
Looking to the counter, the barista pulled a chef's knife from a knife block, flipping it around deftly in her hand. She stood over the groaning body and stabbed down through the back of his neck. Buck was still and quiet. Impassive as ever, the barista left the knife in the body and exited through the door. That concludes Aardvark Avarice's special presentation of The Werewolf and the Sociopath. I'd like to again thank our sponsor, Camel Towing, who promised there are no hidden fees to their service. When it comes to their prices, what you see is what you get. Until next time, I'm John Gacy saying, be good, be kind, and enjoy the Munster. Goodbye. <laughs> Nap and cleaning, 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 nap and cleaning,